The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com. Ladies and gentlemen, most likely gentlemen, you are about to listen to the podcast of terror. This podcast is terrorable. That's terrorable, not terrible. It's actually a great podcast, but it is terrorable. It is full of terror. It's discussing movies that are full of horror and terror, and that means there are probably going to be adult themes, and there's going to be adult words, you know, curse words, bad words. Uh, There's going to be references to potty humor based on the hosts, Matt and Corey, who I love. So if adult themes, adult words, and potty humor are not your thing, or if spoilers for terrorable movies are not your thing, then this terrible podcast is not for you. Listen to something else, maybe 90s percentile, the worst episode ever, a Simpsons podcast. But if you do like terror, you love things full of terror, you love terror, then this terrible podcast is for you. Podcast of Terror coming up right now. Matt, have you ever had phone sex? <laughs> all, all, all the time, actually. It's my favorite form of sex next to dry, dry sex. I mean, it, it doesn't get much drier than, than casual conversation. So in my day, phone sex was a very different thing because when, when you get on there, the first thing somebody would usually ask you is, what are you wearing? Yes. And, and you, could, you could lie. You could say whatever the fuck you wanted because it could be, I'm wearing Z Cavaricis and a members-only jacket because I'm cool. Uh, and I just was done shopping the chesking. But that is, unfortunately, nowadays, it's like I'm wearing acid-washed jeans and a striper T-shirt. And people are going to see it because of social media and, and, and when you tinned and when you grind or whatever. And, and I think it's important to put your best look forward. That's very true. But you also have to keep in mind that the striper shirt might be in now. I mean, you it's, go to Kohl's, it's you buy yourself wash. a striper shirt. Oh, it's in the wash, though. You shoot prove such a valid I, point. Now, I, I had it on for five days straight, man. Now, my question is, do you know of a place in which I can purchase new clothing at a potentially discounted rate for listening to this podcast? Not just new clothing, but hot clothing. I'm talking about the real tight shit. I'm talking about stuff that's going to make your nipples feel fierce. Your nipples are going to pop? Wait, you're talking They're about gonna... my nipples are going to pop? What? I mean, not as much pop. I know yours are inverted. But it, they will feel safe and, and protected. And and those places, uh, should you care to go to them, are thehate.com. That's www.thehvii.com. And our other buddies over at Statusphere Merch. Now, both of these are friends of the shows, and that's why we advertise them. But also, it's because they've got great stuff. They do. They got some fly-ass gear. They also got spring spring and summer lines coming. They're going to keep you fresh looking all fucking, all fucking year. It is the right time to shop. So if you happen to go looking for some new clothes, go to thehate.com, use our code HBG15, get 15% off your order there. And if you're also interested, check out statusphere.merch.com, use a code tear get 15% off there as well welcome to episode 84 the Easter special it's Easter happy Easter Corey Corey it's happy Easter Easter, Easter bunny Corey jiggle my eggs this is the podcast of tear uh this is a production of the galactic network i'm your host matt stein with me as always is Corey egg jiggler scott how are you Corey? 
I'm doing good. Mine are mine are more of a Cadbury. They're they've got a nice congealed sugary cream filling. Yeah. Ah uh, man, I remember when those things were great. Now they're just weird and disgusting. Yeah, and, and the American Cadbury is is terrible. I was talking about your balls. That too. They used to be so nice and supple. Now they're just. No, I, full. I, of I call light. my penis Cadbury, named after the butler from Richie Rich. You win. Yeah, nothing. But when I take a little blue pill, it becomes Irona. Oh Jesus! I uh um. I was watching a video. I was not doing work at work one day, and uh, it was this this guy named Dan Bilzerian who was talking about how he did a bunch of ecstasy, cocaine, and took two hundred milligrams of Viagra. And he's like twenty five. Yeah. Oh, uh, when I was a teenager, my mom clipped out a story from the newspaper about a guy who injected cocaine into his penis. Apparently, there was a rumor going around um, that if you put cocaine on your penis, that it enhanced things while you're having sex. So this guy got the the idea of like, one, not already wasting enough money with cocaine by putting on your junk. But then he's like, well, let me inject it and see what happens. So apparently, he his penis shriveled up and fell off. Um, <laughs> That's his own damn fault. It, it totally is. And it's one of those things of like, well, great. The, the two things that I don't really mess around with right now are drugs and my junk. So thanks, Mom. That's just going to push that for even further back. Yeah, boy. Never put that. Uh, never put cocaine on your penis, kids. And for more in this podcast, including show notes, content, information, subscription links, go to GNCast.com slash pot. You can chat with us on our Slack channel during our shows at GNCast.com slash sign up. If you want to have your penis have fun, always black tar heroin. Yes, and while you're doing Black Tower Heroin, you can subscribe to our newsletter as well. Uh, if you're new to the podcast of terror, this is probably not a good episode for you to start with. I'm just saying. But I think we say that every week, so there really is no good. We are Black Tower Heroin. Just dive right in. Uh, I, I assume that if if you're not already a, a like confirmed listener, like it was your own choice, then you're locked in a room somewhere and someone's just playing this around you as, as torture. And... Um, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter then what episode to start with. They're just they're gonna put a, a, a ride at Disney that just plays our shows on repeat instead of it's a small world. <laughs> It'd be great if there were like just hundreds of little tiny animatronic Matt and Corey's just like talking the whole time, <laughs> like Teddy Ruck spinning it. It that would be beautiful. <sighs> I would never ride that. I would ride that the day I would end up killing myself. Yeah, you would ride the little animatronics. Jesus Christ! I would, I would make all of the animatronics hump each other. That's what, that's my, uh, that's what I would contribute to society. Um, as I was saying, we're gonna do some news first, and then later on we're gonna get into uh, the Easter movie that Corey picked. Actually, I told Corey we were gonna watch it, and then Corey agreed. Corey's the woman I, in the relationship. I, I never want to determine what restaurant we're going to eat at. You know, it's it's always I'll I'll I'm whatever you want to go to. I don't want to pick, and then we'll get there and I'll just complain. You're the one that's always on the fucking diet, eating weird salads and shit. I just want to eat steak like a man. I mean, I want to eat a steak salad. <laughs> that is a thing, you know. Just just shavings of steak with blue cheese dressing all over them. I do love blue cheese and steak. That's pretty good actually so i made pizza waffles today which uh oh yeah yeah it is like the, the perfect fat kid thing you just take like a, a grand's biscuit you cut it in half and you and you put pizza shit in the middle and you 
put them back together and just put them on a waffle iron. There's so many great things to do with a waffle iron, and unfortunately, I don't own one. And it's one of those things that I keep saying at some point, I'm going to get a waffle iron and I'm going to do some of this stuff. I never, ever use mine. I put my testicles on it once. Because you should. <sighs> they were cold. I wanted to warm I, them up. And and because that's the only way to really have a good gathering of maple syrup on your garbage there. That's true. I had to, I had to get the maple syrup off. The only way I could think to do it was to heat it up with a waffle Mrs. iron. Mrs. Butterworth is dead sexy, and I just want her all over me. God damn it, Mrs. Butterworth. Um, before we get into the news, Corey, are you drinking Lipton iced tea? I am drinking Lipton iced tea. God it ain't it. no whiskey, I'll tell you that. I was drinking Lipton iced tea. Uh, this week I have uh, High Alai, an IPA from Cigar City down in Florida. So How is it? It's all right. I'm not a huge IPA fan. Someone uh, gave them to me, brought them up from Chicago. It uh, it'll make a peeps. I'll tell you that much. I don't know what that phrase means. It'll eventually. My body will turn this beer into urine. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I thought you said make a peeps, and I, I thought did you were making another Easter reference. I, that's, <laughs> I thought about that a little late. I forgot it was Easter. <clears throat> People like peeps for like a week and a half around this time of the year. Uh, I am. I am anti-peep i do not like peeps i'm also a grown man i just prefer steak steak and your sweet sweet turd cutter all right let's do some news uh first news story we have is the official trailer for stephen king's the mist i gotta rephrase that a tv show that coming out on spike called the mist based on the story from stephen king is that better yeah, because there was a missed movie uh, a few was, years ago. I, I wish I would have missed that one. <laughs> the the Darebond film was good, although it's highly divisive, and the ending is Hot about the darkest ending that you could ever find in a movie. I don't remember I liking it. Should I like it. should I go back and watch this? Is that what's about to happen? Oh, we'll wait until someone recommends it. Um, probably it's probably take. It's it's a hard watch in that regard. It has some really good people in it, and I, I don't remember being a bad movie so much as like an unenjoyable experience. Um, and and this show may be similar for me in the fact that it's 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 a downer. It, it looks like it's not not a lot of laughs going on in this. But they do say that they're going to deviate from the original story and certainly from the movie. Um, because it's a, it's a series. You can only do so much with what was there in the original publication. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're going to stretch it out a bit more. There's going to be more stuff about the entire town. It looks like instead of closing themselves into a grocery store, they're closing themselves into a shopping mall. Uh, the, the ones that are there, but there's a lot of, you're getting a little too, um, Dawn of the dead. Yeah. But at the same time, I, neither of those things uh, shopping malls are kind of their own dawn of the dead at this point that's true there's not a lot of people in them so th- that's that's the first place to go because you know at least you're not gonna have a lot of uh, stragglers hanging on to you uh when you're there it, there's gonna be a lot of mind fuckery in this i think as opposed to seeing big bug creatures jumping around and, and kind of a War of the Worlds thing at the end. Mm-hmm. It, it looks more of the fact that it's going to be the psychological aspect. It kind of reminds me too much of the Dome. Like the Dome, when it was when it came out, I thought it was going to be really good. The CBS series based off of uh, Stephen King's book. 
and it went to pot really, really fast for us. And I, I just, I could never get back into it. I was always surprised it, it made it another season and then another season, but people who were into it were really into it. And I just, I couldn't get past the, the beginnings of it. it. It turned shitty. This could be better. It's got, again, looks like some good actors in it. The, the um, presentation of it is solid. I just don't know how much of this story is going to attract me. But if you're one of those people who likes your weekly horror, uh, this <laughs> it's a hooker. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, well, there's speaking of weekly horror. Um, I can't remember what what station it was on, but the Damien Damien TV show to the Google um, that was based on the kid from the Omen, right. That lasted, I think it was canceled before it was on Annie. Maybe that's why. Um, but it was canceled before the first season was ever anywhere near done. Yeah. Uh, again, The Omen had already had a remake come out just a couple years before the TV series that's with uh, Julia Stiles and was Lee Stryber in that one? I don't know. But I don't know. It, it's, it's tough. It's tough to transfer something that we've already recognized from one format into another format and unless you change the story entirely um there's not a lot of surprises there right this looks like it's going to be at least slightly to possibly very different from the the movie the recent film and from the book that may be a blessing for it it's just it's a town of people that are all kind of having infighting and going crazy and, and being subjected to torture. So it's if it's in the Walking Dead crowd, it, it it seems to make sense for things like the what's the leftovers on HBO. Fuck yeah, that starts again tonight. Yeah, there's a bunch of shows that are similar in, in themes to what this could be. So Yeah, but that the leftovers was like the first thing that I the first love interest I had before Jack and I fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i haven't seen the leftovers it, it's one of those it's actually ones. really good i think it's really good I, I heard the first season was just sort of okay and then it picked up after that yeah and the, and the third season the last season yeah so, so it, you kind of like in my opinion of television and the things that i do with my life is uh even if the second season was me and i wasn't sure about watching the third if i knew the third was the last i would still watch it because yeah, and I'm at a yeah, I'm at a struggle right now where I can't even keep up with the shows that I really like. Like I haven't watched any of the second season of Mr. Robot yet. I haven't watched anything past the second episode of Legion yet, and that was the show that I was most excited for this year. Uh, so I, I I have some stuff to catch up on, and Outcast and then, started again too. Oh yeah, see, and yeah. that that first episode was really good. I remember we reviewed it that one day, yep. and. I enjoyed it a lot, but I never got back to it. And there's just so much TV right now. We watched the first of the episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 mm -hmm. on it? Friday night. It was fun. It was really good. I I wish there would have been more of Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt. Uh -huh. But I guess if you're going off of the original series, there shouldn't be a lot of them. But I think Jonah Ray was very good with the the, the two robots. And they did this one bit where they're talking about monsters from around the world. Like every country has its own sort of monster. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, a little rap pop song thing. It was great. 
it was really well done. Uh, they they acted out. I think he's got a great personality for this. I've I've enjoyed him on Nerdist uh, for the time that I've I've listened to that and everything. I I gotta say I was pretty impressed with the first episode, and it helped that the movie that they chose was actually something that was somewhat interesting while being also terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, if, I only, if only we did that, yeah. we just pick terrible movies. It's representative. Yeah, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> so the mist coming to what was Spike. it? Spike. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Has there... Spike had like a, a really popular series land yet? Um... Original? No. I mean, other than a thousand ways to die. That's the first thing that I thought of. Cops is on Spike too, though. No. Yeah, but that was not that's original. Like yeah, syndicated. That's, that's everywhere. No, 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 no. New episodes of Cops on Spike. Yeah. No, you son just of a, in general. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Cops is still airing new episodes. They are on Spike. Well, we'll never have a shortage of cops and stupid criminals. <laughs> Fucking love cops. Don't don't fuck with this. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of things not to fuck with, our second story. Wu Tang Clan. Is, uh, close. <laughs> uh, our second story is the director of Don't Breathe. Fede? Feed? Alvarez uh, is going to create a film set in the Labyrinth universe for TriStar. Mm. Are you... I mean, you probably weren't born yet when Labyrinth came out. I've seen it a couple times. Or you were one. I did not see Labyrinth as a kid. Like, I remember being on, I remember it, like, showing on cable and stuff, but I never watched it from beginning to end so it was just kind of one of those things that i'd skip past and i'd look at jennifer connelly longingly uh still to this day not like at that age because that's weird but yeah just yeah, yeah. General jennifer connelly is is uh is a handsome woman but i remember it always being on but it was one of those things that in the dark crystal i didn't catch at the time when i was young to have the the heartfelt pure attachment to it that a lot of people i know do but it it was good, and it starred David Bowie in probably his most recognized film role. Yeah, and his most prominent ball handling role. Yeah, Dance Penis Dance. Yes. Uh, and so they are smartly, they say they're not going to include the Goblin King character they're not going to try to recast Bowie's part in this uh, because how could you? That would end poorly for them if they did. Yeah, unless you're doing like a comedic take on it, uh, yeah. somebody spoofing it on SNL or something. But they could conceivably include Connolly's character as an adult now, uh, being what the the mom to to have her kids try to like get rid of each other while they're supposed to be babysitting. Uh, it says Labyrinth is one of the seminal movies from my childhood that made me fall in love with filmmaking. I couldn't be more thrilled to expand on Jim Henson's mesmerizing universe and take a new generation of moviegoers back into the labyrinth. So Jay Basu, uh, who did uh, Monsters Dark Continent and the announced Metal Gear Solid project, and and Alvarez, who also did Evil Dead Three, are currently working on The Girl in the Spider's Web. Which when I read that at first, I thought that was the name of this movie, because that could have been that, but I guess that's probably one of the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo sequels. 
they're working on that for Sony right now. And when that concludes, the two will move on to work on this Labyrinth story. Again, not Labyrinth, not a remake, not a sequel, but something else that takes place in the same Labyrinth world, which is probably the smartest thing they could do. Yeah. Is yeah. to try to say this can coexist, but it doesn't have to take the place of. Um, we're not going to replace everybody gender swapping them like the Ghostbusters movie that came out last year. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna just do something else with this. And there have been labyrinth uh, stories. There have been labyrinth comics. A lot of stuff that's come out. So it's not unusual to see this happen. It's just that for many people, it's going to be the first time that they'll see it because the films are far more present than uh, comics and and short stories are. Yeah. Yeah. Can't really disagree with you. Uh, I mean, if anything, give me a sequel to Career Opportunity so I can just watch Jennifer Connelly bounce around on that ball again. Or ride the the penny horse. We're going to move on now. We're going to move on to watching Jennifer Connelly. Jesus Christ. (laughs) We're going to move on to this official Hellboy cinnamon whiskey. Yeah, I put this in here for you. You know, I'm not really a huge cinnamon whiskey fan. I feel like whiskey, but if I was a bigger comic book fan, I would probably get it. But I do like the fact that it is 66.6 proof. Yeah. So the story is there is an official Hellboy cinnamon whiskey coming out. Uh, While we've been told... We, we've gone back and forth so many times, but it seems official now that Hellboy 3 will never happen, at least not with uh, Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro. There is still stuff that you can support, Mike Mignola, both in his comic work and uh, by the old traits. The, the Hellboy comics are really good, and everything, including the uh, BPRD and Ape Sapien stuff and everything else he's done, has all been excellent stuff. But there is going to be an official cinnamon whiskey from triple x distillery uh the tennessee-based distillery has teamed up with prestige imports and dark horse which is the comics company that publishes hellboy to create this new small batch of naturally flavored cinnamon whiskey distilleries two locations are in saverville and pigeon forge and will craft produce bottle and ship the product to distributors across america so um do you think Vin Diesel owns Triple X Distillery? Uh, I don't know if Vin Diesel even owns the Triple X branding. Uh, it was a joke, but uh, I mean, it could be. Thanks it, for nothing. And uh, if I was going to drink this, I'd probably drink it over some ice cubes. This comes out May first online and in most states. I I used to drink when I used to drink. Yeah. I drank whiskey sours. I don't know how this would work in a sour. It just—it sounds a little too much like Fireball to me. I'm which... sure it's just a Fireball. Not a Fireball is like the hotness right now amongst 21 year old girls. Again, because that's been out for a long time. Yeah, yeah, but it's just replacing Jaeger. Oh God, Jaeger! Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, oh. I imagine like it, it, any of our seven listeners probably just dry heaved in their cars right now. <laughs> Mention uh, that there um, when I was. Underage drinking. The big thing was uh, UV blue and lemonade. Because tastes like cotton candy. Uh, I drank, 
I drank a lot of Bacardi because I like <sighs> bats. One time I drank so much Bacardi, oh, I puked and was super hungover. And I was probably 18. And on my 21st birthday, um, a friend of mine got me a Bacardi and seltzer, and I just started dry heaving. <laughs> the smell of Bacardi. I don't know if it's to this day, but the smell of Bacardi was not good. Yeah, I, I blacked out at a at a friend's house once because of drinking Bacardi straight because her mom insisted if you're going to drink Bacardi here, you're going to drink it straight. And so I did, and I don't remember anything until I woke up the next morning uh, with one of the dogs trying to pee on me. <laughs> it happens. My dogs peed on me, so you're not the only one. Uh, you want to do this last news story real quick? Yeah, finally, our third news story comes to us from our friends at Horror Geek Life. Uh, that is <clears throat> the... Four. After three comes four. We did three I, news stories. This is the next one. That's four. Okay, I can't. Man, you know you're sleeping and drunk, and I'm just sitting here drinking tea. So maybe I said four. You don't know. I, uh, we, we have a recording. I can, <laughs> can go back <laughs> on the recording and find out. No, you know what it is? Is that it says third in the the title for the stories. That's probably oh, either way. I'm just giving you a hard time because we don't have a guest and we need to do something to fill the time. Yeah. Well, I think people would be happy to hear this one go fast. Uh, oh, sorry. Orgy Light brings a story. The third volumes of Blood Anthology film is accepting pitches. Uh, so basically, the uh, have you seen any of the volumes of Blood? I have, I have not. Should I? No, neither have I. And I, I feel kind of bad now because this seems very interesting. So creator and producer PJ Starks recently announced that he and fellow producer Eric Huskison, Huskison sorry, we're planning the third and final volumes of Blood entry into the franchise. Along with this official announcement, Blood Moon Pictures is reaching out to the horror community to help them. They're looking for talented artists, writers, filmmakers uh, with creative story ideas to pitch them a segment for the next film. If your story is selected, you'll receive credit in the film and help close out the final chapter in volumes of in the volumes of Blood Universe. That is really cool. Yes, I agree. Now we know. Obviously, creative people, we know people in the horror industry in general, but we know uh, people who are writers like J.F. DeBow. Uh, we know the guys from uh, Karate Tortoise. Mm -hmm. We we know Jack, who, who mm -hmm. writes. We know a lot of people that, I don't know if necessarily all of them are horror-based in, in their storytelling. I write some horror stuff, but I would feel really bad doing it without having a familiarity with the other stuff here. But that's a really great thing to do to try to open this up and say, hey, we've been doing this. We've had our success. We want to see if we can involve some some fans and some other up and coming uh, horror creators to to be a part of this. That's just cool. Yeah. Or is it a cop out? Do you think they just ran out of ideas and like, man, I don't even want to try in the third one. I've got a contract to fulfill. Uh, it's like when a band has filled their their uh obligations to their record company and they're like yeah let's just put out a best of for this next album and and like we'll put one or two original tracks at the end so that people have to buy it yep yep that, that's what I'm, and i'm not saying that this is what they're doing i was like that could potentially be what it is and like uh like you said you know a lot of times bands they're one record short of fulfilling their contract and the label is just like, Ooh, let's put out a greatest hits because it counts as a, it counts as a record. And, um, but they, they're like, yeah, the greatest hits of this B 
band that did all these these things like this band of Treyu, um they were suing the record label and they were like one record short and victory wanted to make sure that they got that last record out of them so they put out a uh greatest hits and like i think a Treyu had like three records at the time and none of they weren't like super popular yeah you either put out a greatest hits or you put out a live album yeah and i think that's i digress but I think it's a fucking cop out. I hope this isn't what they're doing, and they just really want to get people involved. And um, it sounds like that they want to get people involved. It, it it wouldn't cost a lot to get even just some, you know, dumb copywriter to like say, "Hey, throw us a couple of, of short story ideas yeah. for our, our next movie." And this this sounds more like it's based around trying to do something for the community. And I think that's that's pretty cool. And and just in general, if it's an opportunity for someone, now you obviously what you do even if you're a new up-and-comer you never should work for free unless it's something that you feel comfortable in doing so never let somebody tell you this is going to be great exposure and uh you know you'll you'll get paid off in copies or whatever you got to determine if it's the right deal for you but if it is or if you're just a fan you're like hey i would just love to be a part of this then fucking go for it i think that's huge i think that that's a a great thing to be a part of um maybe i'll try to watch these and see if i can come up with anything yeah i, I probably won't yeah. I'm, I'm really i've got way too much time on my hands to just trying to watch jennifer connelly movies all right <laughs> yeah all right let's uh let's talk about this movie so this year for easter we decided to watch easter blunny bloodbath which uh, is a 2010 movie by Richard Mogg. Mog? Yes. Um, I don't know which version you saw. I ended up uh, streaming off of Amazon. So did I. Okay. So I thought it was like, I knew when it started and there was this like cheesy 80s in the background and he was thanking people that it was going to be bad. I knew it was going to be bad, but it also, I found it kind of endearing. Of of the the maker of the movie to show up and do an introduction and say, hey, thank you for checking this out. And this is our first feature length movie project. And we're really excited that we got to do it. I That attached me to it a little bit more than I would have been otherwise. It, yeah, it, it showed that he really cared about what he had put out. Yeah. Which <clears throat> for a first movie isn't the worst. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he had done before that as, as far as, like, shorter. It, it sounds like they did probably film shorts and maybe stuff straight to online yeah. or something before so that. Bef- before, we, before we get too deep into this, I, sh- I feel like I need to mention that every time you talk about Jennifer Conley, Growley's pants get tighter. <laughs> so Don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel the need, just randomly start talking about Jennifer Conley. I'm okay with that. Um. But but yeah, so the fir- one of the first things that I, I've noticed, and I pointed this out to my wife, is that Peter at age six is a chunky white kid. Peter at age twenty six is a slender uh, brown brown guy. He's, he's not of African American descent. He's I don't know. I couldn't tell if he was. He's a darker complexion than when he was yeah, six. But when they introduce him, they show a, a a card next to him saying, "This is Peter today, no longer white." I don't know if you caught that or not. I didn't. I, I did not, uh, which I think is really funny. 
they called it out in the in the film, uh, which was. But then I expected more cards to introduce the other characters. It was just like this was just an explanation for the fact that yes, we know he was he was white before. He's he's not white now. But if you're gonna do that. I mean, if you're doing that as a joke, why not do more jokes with the rest of the characters instead of just the one? I completely agree. That that was a missed opportunity for me. I was expecting cards kind of like when we watched Feast yeah. and they were introducing all the characters in the bar at the beginning. I was hoping for something akin to that. You know, not exactly a ripoff, but the same sort of idea. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, basically, you start off and, and it's a kid and a sister fighting on East, Easter morning uh, over some candy. And then the Easter bunny shows up. And uh, cuts his sister's head off, and the the head falls into his Easter basket. And that's kind of how the movie starts. Really went balls yeah, and, deep. And, and that that same sort of image gets played off again the later whole in the movie. movie. Well, the whole movie, but I mean the the, the something landing in the basket happens oh, yeah, again yeah. later. You are correct, and and I feel like you probably hit a point where you just realize there's not a lot of material to do with the Easter bunny. You can only do so much and they, they did all I could think of, Mm -hmm. but there's so little actually there to utilize. Well, it's um, multiple people. Another thing that I didn't quite care for in this movie was the character, Mike, who was clearly a girl. Was a girl, and and was intended to be a girl. That was the thing. Okay, so backstory to this: when Matt sent me a link that basically was the ten Easter themed horror movies uh, you could watch, uh, ten scary rabbit films for your Easter Sunday. And I like one of them don't have that on tap. One of them was Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which I don't remember anything with the Easter Bunny from so Bogus Journey. So there's, um, when they're in hell, it's um, Ted, it's his flashback. There's like an Easter Bunny chasing him around. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I would have gone with the bunny rabbit from the the Quest for the Holy Grail by Monty Python. That's true. More than that. Yep. But so there were there were nine other films that were all... You know, Easter Bunny Massacre and Buddy Bloody Bunny or whatever they were. Uh, none of them looked good. None Peter. of them looked at all like, oh, this is a must-see. Uh, some of them definitely showed in the previews. There was, there was nudity. There was like onset slaughter. There was everything that you would expect from these kind of films. So we this chose is the only one that said and promised in the preview, girl on girl action. That. That's true. Which is exactly what I said to you when I was like, well, if we're going to watch anything, we're going to watch the one that promises girl-on-girl action in the trailer. That was not and, uh, there, But there was not nearly enough of that to make up for. No, it was mostly sounds and some butt cheeks up against the window. Which I thought was fucking hilarious, the way that the, the, the ranger shows up and like walks around outside and no one really knows what happens. And then he just... Basically tells him to stop putting your ass on the window because the neighbors are getting pissed off, and then it's just—I thought it was funny. And when they when they show the one neighbor who's just staring over the hedges that he's trimming, 
watching them. I, I didn't really get the feeling that he was pissed off at all by seeing girls' ass cheeks no, up on the window. No, but in when they showed the ass, it actually looked like a dude, a dude ass. Yeah, it didn't look like... I, I could not tell the gender of, no. of the butt. They were not very feminine butt cheeks. Yeah, and, and we have no idea if they even belong to the actress that they were... Either of the actresses that they could have been. That's true. They could have just been... They could have been mogs. Who knows? Oof. Any random butt cheek in a window. That's true. Uh, that's, it's like a, like a lighthouse <laughs> finding you poured in a storm. Um, wow. Yeah, the other, the other thing about this... Strangely, the most popular actor, I think, from this film uh, got his big break at the same year on the Battlestar Galactica spinoff Caprica. Travis Turner plays somebody named Steve. I swear to God, I thought Steve was 12 years old the entire yeah, movie. Yeah, and he's rapping and shit. And... Oh, wow. And the, oh, the rapping. Well, oh, the don't, rapping. don't forget that he was in Marley and Me, the puppy years. Was he one of the puppies? Fucking hell. He was himself. No, oh, okay. Uh, the the whole group. So we go from from the scene of of young Peter and his sister getting murdered and everything to Peter's now an adult, age twenty six. Although I think they're all supposed to be in college, and. He and five of his friends, including his pregnant girlfriend, Lisa, yeah. uh, Steve and Steve's girlfriend, Justine, who he apparently has not been dating long enough to lose his virginity to yet. Tonight's uh, and, the night. And, and Mike and Carol, uh, the, the two girls who are in a relationship that we mentioned, they're all driving up to this old house that Peter's dad left him because his dad just recently passed away. His dad apparently was also, we find out throughout the story, must have been the Easter bunny that killed his sister because his dad's been locked up for all these years. So yeah. I don't know. Do, when you're locked up for murder, do, does your property just kind of like sit stagnant the whole time and then it gets left to your family when you die? I don't it's know actually exactly really how that good works. Prob- That's actually a really good question. I I don't know. Like, I guess I don't see why. Oh, shit. I got to Google this. Um, because it just seems like yeah. So twenty years later, uh, this house, which they make mention of, is is in really good shape. All things considered, because Noah's been here for years. Um, oh, don't worry, we this got a, house we got an answer here. This house gets passed over to to his son, to Peter. Oh yeah. So basically, it says here's your, here's the problem: being in jail doesn't suspend your other obligations. Let's say you have a nice apartment you're renting, TV you bought with your credit card. And your car is finishing payments on. Guess what? No job, no income, no income. Can't pay your bills. Can't pay your bills. Your car gets possessed, repossessed. So essentially, it, it would it would sit until it went into foreclosure, unless the house was paid off. But even then, you still got to pay property taxes and all and uh, uh, utilities. Yeah. So eventually, the house would go into collections. So there's right. no way that it would sit for 20, 20 years without someone going into collections with it. And and the fact that he's got family that probably could have used the cabin or sold the cabin in that amount of time. Yes. You know, he's, he's down one kid and we don't really know what happened to Peter's mom, but yeah. there is the potential for them to have sold that to have other money. And I don't know why this would have just sat around. Um, Cause that's how the plot of the movie goes. <clears throat> yeah, I guess so. It's like, we need to put them in a cabin and we need to give Peter some sort of flashbacks to his youth, which 
did the murder happen in that cabin? That was another thing that I couldn't quite figure I don't think out. So I think it happened in his house. So, I so don't know why? What. Why does he start getting flashbacks other than the fact that it's Easter weekend to the bunny? Because I, I think it was the it's the first time that he celebrated Easter since it happened. Yeah. So that was supposed to be the big thing, but just because you don't because, celebrate a holiday doesn't mean that the holiday just doesn't happen. Yeah, or because Steve and Mike kind of tormented him with the bunny mask from the beginning. Uh, it's that's it's possible. It, it it happens right after that. It does happen mm-hmm. that they come in and they do the the little joke. So Steve does his little rap and then he does a story about the Easter bunny killing somebody which is completely unrelated to what happened to Peter's sister. Uh, but he just makes this thing up and then Mike comes running in through the front door wearing an Easter bunny mask. And after that, Peter starts freaking out and having visions of the Easter bunny that killed his sister hanging around and waving at him like a Disney character. The fucking music that played every time the Easter bunny showed up drove me nuts. I, I wish this would have been played a little bit more for laughs. Yes. At least in those parts. And it, it wasn't like it wasn't silly. In fact, my favorite death of the whole movie was when the bunny killed Mike yep. with the jump rope. And then he's he comes up behind Mike, starts strangling her with the jump rope. And then the jump rope for the handles has two carrots. Uh, so it's an Absolutely. Easter-themed or bunny-themed jump rope. And then he pulls it taut and aims the carrots at her eyes and stabs her in the eyes with it uh, to to finish her off. That was at least the most interesting death other than the one that happened to Justine with the, 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 what is it? The, the fake grass that goes into Easter baskets. He just basically starts stuffing her face full of it. Yeah. That was, that was weird. And then what happens to Steve? I don't remember. The fuck does okay. it? Steve? So Steve, Steve and Justine, there's this whole subplot with Steve and Justine, and it's actually a sweet subplot because yeah. they've, they've got an actual backstory and they explore a little bit. And so Justine and Steve have been dating for a little bit, and it it's kind of obvious that Steve's a virgin, again, because he's fucking 12, uh, but he's apparently hanging out with college people. Uh, he, he and Justine have been dating. Justine's been waiting for the right time for them to get together. And and to Steve, probably any time would be the right time. So she goes and she gets a a sort of lingerie bunny suit to oh. wear for their first night together. But they they tell the story. So Steve, I guess, had had become like a honorary fireman for the day, or did something where he saved somebody and was in the paper. And she had seen the paper when she was a little girl, and then years later when they met in college, she recognized him. And she's like, I have to figure out if he's that guy. So this whole backstory between them is actually really cute and really sweet. And you're like, oh, you know, this has got to be our couple that we're going to root for in this. No, they're not. But they at least give them something more than just being like the annoying friend who raps and his girlfriend. Uh, it's true. So they, they go upstairs uh, after we've already seen both uh, Mike and Carol dispatched. And they go upstairs and she's bouncing around in a little bunny suit and showing him her cottontail and everything. And she tells him to take off his pants. And when he whips down his pants, all of a sudden the Easter bunny reaches over and cuts his eggs off and they <laughs> plop right in the basket. And so there's our second basket thing for the film. 
and then he gets dragged off screen. We assume that he dies because he does stop screaming. Here's another part that I have a problem with. So first, Justine sees it and is covering her mouth, trying not to scream out loud. Why? Uh, why would you not want anybody or everybody to hear you? Two, we've already established in this house that when Mike and Carol were having sex, they were keeping everybody else up yeah. with the amount of noise they were making. So why, when there are other people in the house, do they not hear the screams happening from upstairs when people are getting murdered? Uh, why is that not affecting them the same way that the the raucous sex was? I, I guess the sex was louder? Maybe because it was up against the window? I don't know. So those those are two things that, again, I have a little bit of a problem with. Yeah, people would rather hear two lesbians going at it than screaming because That's of murder when watching a horror movie. You want to wake me up, you do it with, with booty sounds as opposed to, you know, you scream fire as opposed to screaming whatever else. Um, yeah. Uh, that kind of brings us to the end of the movie. Well, have we talked much about Ranger Chris Johnson? No, no, not really. Um, Did you feel like Ranger Chris Johnson needed to die and yeah. we were underserved by him not dying? He, he, I mean, he said some funny shit and I thought he was, he was um, entertaining to say the least, but uh, he was definitely entertaining over the credits. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I ultimately expected him to die a horrible, horrible death right away. Not yeah. be the only person that survives for the most part. Yep. Although I, I did like how he finished things off. So yeah, so we get to the end. Uh, we've we've now seen that uh, Lisa's discovered that Steve and Justine are both dead. She's discovered that Mike and Carol are both dead. Uh, Carol died by being drowned in a pot full of eggs that she was boiling, which is as close as, again as they could get to an Easter theme. I don't know what having your face shoved into nearly boiling water makes it become super softened to the point where you can just act, just stomp on it and everything just squishes out across the entire kitchen floor. Yeah. But that's apparently what happens in this. <clears throat> I, Maybe there was vinegar. I well, it's it because her face was boiled. Yeah. Just Not nearly enough. Uh, so Lisa goes to try to escape, and we find out that the killer is, of course, Peter. Peter is the one in the bunny suit. I thought the way that they went about it was kind of dumb. It was about the most obvious thing that they could have gone with. And so you wanted to see what the twist was going to be. And even a twist at that point is going to be obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I wasn't surprised at all to find out that it was him. Yeah. And it wasn't even a twist of like we find out that he as a kid actually killed his sister. And it was never the dad or anything. It was just, nope. Uh, Peter somehow had a bunny suit here at this cabin that he hasn't been at in 20 years, had the same bunny suit that his dad killed his sister with yeah. and, and all these other things, even though he drove up here with everybody else and probably Lisa packed his bags. Uh, so we have a scrambling fight scene of Lisa trying to get away, um, sitting in a car trying to start it, with the passenger door apparently wide open, because when she goes crawling through the passenger door, it's already open for her. Uh, some things you have to forgive because the movie was obviously made on the cheap. It was not a big budget film. Right, which is fine. I mean, they have a picture floating around on Google that basically is the rabbit killing Mike, and it just says made on the cheap. 
did you see when they're when Steve's telling his story and they're showing photos from the story, not photos, but like pictures, and they're the worst drawings ever? Yeah. Oh, oh, man, I think it's kind of funny great. though. It it adds to uh, the movie itself, and I mean, before we started recording, we I saw that <clears throat> last April, April of 2016, they filmed a second one. Yes. So I'm curious for all the unanswered questions from this one. <laughs> I mean, that's not the reason I want to see it, but sure. No, no. It like I said, this is this is a low budget film. This was the first feature length bill film from from these guys from from Richard Mogg and from everybody else, I guess, associated with it. There are times that you have to accept that not everything is going to be a high quality horror movie or even a medium quality horror movie. Yeah, but some uh, things are just they they embrace the fact that it's not like yeah, a well-made movie, which is fine. Yeah, but we watched that movie that the 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 first film from the Soska sisters. Yeah, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Yeah. And that to me even when you could tell it was not a high quality film in the fact of budgetary concerns and everything and because they were beginning filmmakers there was just so much originality in it that I wound up enjoying it a lot because of the the directions and, and stuff that it took when it didn't have to when it could have just gone the easy way it never went the easy way it always did something that was just like oh I wasn't expecting that that's true and this was exactly the opposite this was just we're going to do a standard slasher movie, but we're going to do it with an Easter theme. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so Peter uh, attacks Lisa. Lisa fends him off somehow or another. He starts to remember who he is. At first, he's he's thinking that she's his sister, and he's mad at her, and he's going to kill her because she was taking his candy. Uh, that's supposed to be the throwback that we're getting as to why his brain is snapped. And he finally recognizes her as the mother of his unborn child. And she kind of like sits down with him as he's, I don't know what happened to his eye. That was the other thing too. She like knocked him down and his eye got all bloodied up. And that was enough to apparently supposedly subdue him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just a, a ploy. So she she sits down with him as basically like a forgiveness of I guess I'm gonna sit here until you die to show you that I still love you kind of thing. Yeah. Like I owe it to our our kid. Uh and then we hear a splotchy noise. And the next day the Ranger Chris Johnson comes walking up to the house because of all this noise and stuff, I guess that had happened in the night. And he comes up to be critical of those damn kids, and he walks in and he sees bodies and people murdered and stuff and he goes out and he sees peter sitting in the front room still in the same spot in the bunny suit without the mask on and lisa's on his lap and it turns out that he killed lisa because she stayed up all night which you're not supposed to do when the easter bunny's coming uh that was one of the things that steve said in his story is that you don't stay up all night to watch the easter bunny show up just like you don't stay up all night to see santa because santa won't come uh steals a lot of stuff from santa that i don't remember being in the in the stories of the Easter bunny. I don't remember ever hearing like, Oh, you got to go to bed early. So when the Easter bunny comes, you're not awake. Yeah. Same here. Uh, that never um, crossed my mind. Yeah. And so Peter has killed Lisa and also 
dug her baby out of her and yeah, it was fucked up with the umbilical cord still attached and has the look like headless baby in the Easter basket. Yeah. One once more. It was and it was like such a terrible rendition, but I'm, I'm sort of grateful at that point. I didn't want anything that looked real in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely I'm sure it was made to not look real. So. And in the the highlight of the film, uh, Ranger Chris Johnson sits there and sees what Peter has done and just shoots him six times in the face. Doesn't even hesitate. Yeah. You got to make sure that motherfucker's dead. Yeah. And and I I appreciated that. I appreciated the uh, we're not going to lock you up. We're not going to we're not going to see you in the sequel. (laughs) Um, So that's. That's, I guess, part of the question. Yeah. Um, maybe well. Maybe, maybe the headless baby in the basket somehow survives and comes back for the sequel. Oh, Jesus. Or maybe is the girl, the girls, I can't remember her name. Lisa? Lisa, yeah. Lisa is now the killer. Well, Lisa is dead. Her face is all melted off or something. So? Or, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Was, yeah, Absolutely like... true. I'm looking for logic in the... Easter Bunny bloodbath. Yeah, maybe that's that's uh, not what I should be doing. No, not no nunzo whatsoever's. Um, you want to you want to score it? I guess we have to. No, we, I mean, yeah, we have to. Um, we'll do it on our the old FAP scale, zero to five. Starting off with the feature, or the story. Corey, how did you feel about the uh, story? I gotta be honest, there was nothing. I mean, it says. Under our scale, was the story original or interesting? This was neither of those things. There was no story that brought anything new to the table. It was just as standard as it can get. And while there's something to be said for a standard horror movie that, you know, is just kind of a throwback, that it didn't really work for me that way. So I'm going to have to give it a, a zero on that one. Pussy. Um, I give it a one just because there's far less Easter horror movies than there are other. There was a list horror. of ten that we had to choose from. Well, that's I mean, what I'm yeah, saying. But for the Bill and Ted's, but there was there uh, was ten of them. There's ten Easter movies. There's probably ten thousand slasher movies. Oh, and how many Christmas movies as well? That's true. Either way, yeah. Fucking and one. none of them seem to have anything to do with uh, Jesus the Lich. So <sighs> next time, maybe. Um, how about the uh, the attention? Uh, rewatchability. Does this movie earn a place on my shelf? Mm, I could see breaking it out around the holiday. I could see every once in a while saying, oh my God, so it's Easter tomorrow. Let's watch this really awful Easter movie. Uh, and like you said, there's a sequel that's coming out and I feel a little bit of obligation to watch the sequel. I don't know why. I don't know why. Other than the fact that, again, I liked Mog's introduction, and I appreciate the fact that he they made they made this they made this movie. Yeah, they put some stuff into it and they made it. Also, I liked some of the character stuff that they had in there. So I'm actually going to go uh, two point five on that. Oh wow! Um, I give it a one. Mostly because I feel like this would be something that would be like, yeah, we should totally watch this. This would be funny. And then like within two minutes, just be like, yeah, fuck it. 
Lastly, how's how's your panic watching this movie? How scared did you get? Did you sleep with a uh, stuffed animal? I do that anyways. Actually, I've been spending the weekend sleeping on the couch with my cats. Uh, my my one cat is 19 years old. Jesus. And and so I'm just trying to you know get as much time with them in as I can. Yeah. Uh, Way to but, make it the podcast is sad. Uh, no, he's he's still he's doing okay. All but, things considered, I mean we know he's old, but I just I sleep on the pillow next to the pillow that he's laying on on the couch, and we just cuddle up together. And then Gidget comes over and lays on my legs and tries to cut off my circulation. Uh, I I wasn't scared. Uh, I wasn't kept on the edge of my seat. Nothing was surprising. Uh, like I said, the most interesting thing was the 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 jump rope, and and maybe the ball snip. That was funny. So I'll give it a point five. Uh, I give it a one, mostly because some of the some of the deaths were interesting, and for the movie touting that it was made cheap, the effects weren't horrible. Um, but that's about it. When you see someone starting out getting into making horror movies, it's not the worst entry ever. Uh, you always have a, like my wife would always rent stuff from, uh, from Blockbuster back in the day uh, or Hollywood video. She would rent horror movies and then she'd p- put them in and see that they were filmed on video. And she's like, well, that's no good. And just toss it out immediately, not even rewind it for the 30 seconds that it needs. <clears throat> I just always got pissed off. I'm like, honey, you, you got to be forgiving. These are horror movies that you're buying or renting blind. You know they're going to be shit. Uh, but people have to start somewhere. Yeah. So Growly in the chat is asking if we would call this movie B-grade. <sighs> I would say D. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's pretty low budget. But... Again, you can have an appreciation yeah. for D grade movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that it's D D grade because it's bad. I'm just it's D grade based on budget. Um, we just don't want to set your expectations higher than what they should be yeah. if you're going to decide to watch this. And if you decide to watch it, obviously we've got but the if, link in our. Honestly, channel. if you're if you're listening to our podcast, I don't know what you're expecting in terms of quality. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the scores, it. It's on par with some other ones that we would probably never want to watch again. Manos and this one, we somehow we have a little bit more appreciation for. Yeah, Manos is bad. Oh, Manos is so bad. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do it for uh, Easter Bunny Bloodbath. You can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. I'm about to sneeze. Uh, you can, you can email-, email us at pot at gncast.com. Uh, or you can leave us a message on the website, gncast.com. You'll you'll find a little link there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know. Maybe there's some other D-grade mo- movies that you think some, we should watch. Some D-bag and, movies? Uh, yeah, D-bag movies. Uh, that we should watch and build up more of an appreciation for these style of films. And, and again, we're not trying to seem unappreciative for what they are. Uh, it's just we've we've kind of spoiled ourselves a little bit. We've We've looked at mostly higher grade quality horror movies so far. Other than when Dave's on, uh, this could have been a Dave choice, but maybe this is something that we should do. Maybe we should slum it a little bit more and and get some of these things that are probably not necessarily hidden gems, but certainly not as well known. So let us know what you think. Do you want to see more stuff that is like the big names, the the classics, or do you want to see more stuff like this where it's like you wouldn't have discovered it without hearing a review of it on a show like this? Let us know at pot at gncast.com. 
Uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast of Terror and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, through Google Play. Dave just added us to another one. Uh, did you see what that was called again? No. I can find it, though. Is it in Slack? Uh, it's called Satchel. There is a podcast oh. player on the App Store and iTunes called Satchel. We've just been added there. I saw a whole bunch of tweets coming through from them about uh, all the Galactic Netcast shows. So usually mm. if, if you listen to podcasts on some app, you're going to be able to find us and other Galactic Network programming, uh, which we hope you check out and enjoy. Corey, where and, can uh, the nice people of the internet find you? You can find the comics that I help make. Uh, if you want to talk about shitting somebody who's just starting out, I am still someone who's just starting out, but I work with some experts, including most of all Levi Krauss. Uh, you can find the works of Levi that I help publish at donascomics.com. Ooh, ooh. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at the lifeguard. That is going to do it for another episode of the podcast. Terror. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! No, it's... What is that exactly? You know, Superman is an extraterrestrial, so you may hear us talk about him on the Alien Invasion podcast. Hey, it's Dave Nelson inviting you to join myself, Brad Ludwig, and Anessa Moyens for our weekly discussion about all things not of this Earth, whether they be gray or green creatures from fiction, the latest stories from the world of science regarding the real possibility of life out there somewhere, or the claim from somebody saying they're already among us. We'll talk about it. You'll hear three stories from the week's news, a featured sighting, and our entertainment picks or warnings rated on a scale of one to five flying saucers, of course. All of it and more every week on the Alien Invasion podcast, part of the Galactic Netcast Network of Shows. Find us at gncasts.com aliens or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Next week on the Podcast of Terror. Next week we are joined by artist Ben Granoff. I hope I didn't just butcher his name, but yeah. It could be Bean. Could be could be Bean. Bean Granoff. Uh he uh operates the website Pictures of Stories dot com uh does a lot of hp lovecraft type stuff uh either way really fucking cool stuff so we will be talking about a movie called brazil with him I, i'm fucking scared i've never seen this movie never even heard of it but uh oh, uh it's i i believe it's terry gilliam it's it's a weird one i don't even know necessarily how much it counts as a horror movie but it's one of those things that it'll walk enough of a line that i think we can qualify it it's awesome. no xanadu there's <laughs> no Santa too. That is true. Um, but yeah, we will uh, we'll catch you guys next week with that one. So thanks again for listening. Stay scary, everybody. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. That's gncast.com. <laughs>